present for you here, and I'll grab my Bible. Happy Sabbath, church. God is good, and all the time. I want to thank Pastor Johnny for your gracious words, and as well as uh, I remember, uh, yes, I've been reminded to take off this. Thank you for the reminder. Uh, as you heard, uh, I've come a long way, crossed the oceans to speak for less than 30 minutes. How about that? So pray for me, because I, I think my sermon was longer. It's longer than I planned for 30 to 40 minutes, but we, I'll try to cut it short. But I believe that you'll get the gist of it, and that God will address your hearts, and that we can learn something today. Let's pray as we get into God's Word. Father God, we are children have come to listen. Hide me behind the cross, Lord. You know that there is nothing good in me, but Jesus, you call us weak vessels, and you want to use us. And I ask that at the end of this worship experience, may we say, like Mary, we were sitting at the feet of Jesus. May you feed our souls, and that our lives will never be the same again. This is our humble prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. As you see on the screen, my sermon is entitled, It's Time to Change Your Bucket List. I want you, I want you to look at the person seated next to you, and I want you to repeat these words to them. Tell them, neighbor. Tell them, neighbor. It's time to change your bucket list. All right? What is a bucket list? Before we talk about the sermon today, as you can see on the screen, that's my family. Meet the Omega family. My wife, Samantha, she's from the Philippines, as you heard Pastor Johnny say. And then we are blessed with these two adorable kids. My son was asking me, are you in Singapore? I told him, yes, I am. He said, can I come with you? I told him next time, hopefully, I can bring them. Because they're too young, we couldn't travel. And then because it's too expensive. Hopefully next time they can join. So that's my family. My wife told me to bring her greetings, and uh, she uh, is praying and uh, that God may keep leading. We are praying for this uh, Singapore conference and this ESDA church. What is in your bucket list? What is in your bucket list? Uh, I, I took the pleasure of borrowing this from the third floor, Pastor Johnny. I hope you don't mind. I'll not take it with me to Andrews. I'll return it. But what do I have in my hands? It's a bucket. It's a bucket. And so my question today, a bucket list is an expression or a term that is used to mean that Americans or Europeans, they say, when you grow old or life is short, Eventually, you will do what? You'll kick the bucket. To kick the bucket means to die. Life is short, and sooner or later, you and me will kick the bucket. And so, they started this expression, before you kick the bucket, you have to have lists of some things that you need to accomplish before you die. So, this bucket is not 
too new, but for the sake of illustration, I'm going to use it. And so my question to you, church, what is in your bucket list? Some of us want to visit the seven wonders of the world. I've had the pleasure and the privilege of visiting the Taj Mahal, beautiful temple. Some people have traveled, I believe, from, from here to Machu Picchu in Peru. Maybe you have been to uh, the Holy Land of Israel, or you've been to the Colosseum and all those other places, the Great Wall of China, which is, which is not so far from here. Some of us desire to travel the world. And, you know, check those items of our bucket list. Before coming, I just uh, posted this in my social media and Instagram and in Facebook. I, I asked some friends, can you tell me, if you find out today that you only have one month to live before you die, what are the things, what are the things that you will do in 30 days? As you can see on the screen, some of my friends, I have a friend who's a nurse where I was working as a chaplain in the hospital in Michigan. And she told me, I want to make peace and, and forgiveness with everyone. And she told me, I want to spend quality time with my family, with God, and with friends. Another friend, she's a Hindu friend. She's not Christian, but she says, the words in yellow, she says that... Uh, uh, I will spend most of my time with my family and friends. I will try to help needy people before I die, right? And she says, I can pray and thank God for everything. She's Hindu, but she's, she knows that there is a God. I thank God for her. And, I, and then another friend of mine, he was my roommate in college in Spicer. His name is Cliffy. Cliffy told me, Tim, I want to visit all national parks. I want to feed as many people as possible. You know, there are people, millions of people in the world who are hungry. He said, I want to call and talk to those people I haven't talked to in a while. I told him, you haven't talked to me in a while. Call me soon. All right? And so there, there's these things that people think, if I have too little time to live, I will do these necessary things, all right? And so there was a survey that was done. And in this survey, they did it for 1,500 Americans. And they found out that these generations, and I believe we have any baby boomers here? Yeah? Ages between 57 to 75. Uh, they did a survey. These are the, the groups or the, the people represented in the world today, they, we have baby boomers, Gen X, millennials, and Gen Z. Millennials is, is, is divided. Uh, there's Gen Y and Gen Y1, Gen Y2. These are both termed as millennials. Now, what they found out is that, as you can see this graph, many of them believe the most important things are family, relationships and they found out that many of them their bucket list was to travel people love to travel people love to go and visit other places so they did this survey and they found out that each generation has different needs or different things that they want to swipe off their bucket list 
Listen, church. The bucket list concept is a pagan concept. Because these people just believe in this life. They don't believe in life after that. They don't believe in heaven. But I want us to borrow from this concept and use it to do God's work. Use it to have a relationship with Jesus. Because as human beings, we have goals. It's not too different from a bucket list. And they, they did this survey. They, they asked these people, baby boomers, if I die, would you like somebody else to finish your bucket list? And you can see that survey. Now, let me fast forward. In the movie Pursuit of Happiness, Will Smith is the actor. In that movie, they, he wants to find happiness for him and his son. And so he believes that if he gets the job and if he gets the money, this is based on a true story, he will be happy. Now, there are many things that people think in the bucket list that can make them happy. And some of us want education. You want to get that degree. You want to get that diploma. Once you have that diploma, you can work any job, travel anywhere in the world. Listen, that is good. But don't make that your liturgy, your little God. Don't make education your end goal in life. Church, some of us, let me go to my bucket list, are concerned about what? Looks. Oh, I'm very, I need to be handsome. So I borrowed these things, and my wife put lip, this is not lipstick, all right? It's just uh, lip balm. And we want to look good. We want to always look good. This is good. But this should not be the end, the goal of life. Church, an 80-year-old woman will tell you that sooner or later, whether you're 20 or whether you're 15, a time will come when you don't want to look yourself in the mirror for too long. Amen? We all grow old. So is that your goal? To look good? Awards and accomplishments. Relationships. I've met many young people who tell me, Pastor Tim, if I just meet that soulmate, I'll be happy. I'll have a good life. But is that the goal? It's good. But what happens? After you're married, you realize sooner or later you cannot be happy all the time, right? There'll be times of contentions in every marriage. Pastor Johnny, are you always happy in your marriage? No, there's times where you have arguments. Remember, each marriage is meant to make us better, amen? I believe Pastor Johnny's wife Sometimes you may have misunderstandings, but your wife makes you better. And you make her better. But is that the goal? Is marriage the goal of life? Marriage is good, but there is more to life than marriage. 
And so I want you to remember that career, that fame, these people, these celebrities, all these people, families, these are good things. Social media can be good if it is used for God's glory. But these things will not satisfy, will not fulfill your calling. And so when you look at your bucket list, what is missing? What is missing? I read that there's more people in Hollywood who are depressed, who have mental health issues. And some of these, if you see these ones on the, on the right side, on the top side, they have, they have died. They died. They committed suicide. Some, like Michael Jackson, he did drug overdose. These people did not find fulfillment, though they were rich and famous. And some of them are alive, but they're struggling. This down on my right, on the right side, they're alive. Even Prince Charles. Is that Prince? Prince Harry? I don't know. I don't know. Prince Harry. He's a prince, but he has openly talked about mental health and depression. There's something missing in their life. They struggle. Money is not the answer. And so this writer, the New York Times, he wrote this article. He said, it's time to rethink your bucket list, America. And I want to share this. I believe that Singapore people are also very Western-minded. We have goals. We, we are goal-oriented. We I believe even this church, it's good to have goals, but it is time to rethink your bucket list. In this article, this writer by the name of David Brooks, David Brooks says that there are two items on the bucket list, on the moral bucket list. The first one he says that it's the resume virtue. What is a resume virtue? He says that these are the things, the skills, and accomplishments that people look at you and say, wow, Pastor Johnny has a PhD, went to Fula Seminary. Some of you have been to Loma Linda. Some of you have been to Harvard. That's a good thing, but he says that this is what the world strives for, which is good. But he says that what he realized, when you are... In your deathbed, or when people have died, when people eulogize the dead, they don't bring out the resume. They don't bring out the resume virtue. What they bring out is the eulogy virtue. What, what is a eulogy virtue? He says that this is what is talked about in the funeral. These are the things that nobody talks about accomplishments. What they say is the character of the person. So they say, was this person a good husband? Was they a faithful and loving mother? They forget about the external and they focus on the inner character. Could it be church that today God wants us to do the same? To rethink our bucket list, because at the end of things, when it is said and done, 
What is inside you? What have you built for your family, for your church? The wisest man that ever lived, who became foolish because of the wives that he married. But this man tried everything. King Solomon says in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 2 verse 11, Yet when I had surveyed all the hands that my hands had done, all that my hands had done, and what I had toiled to achieve, he says, everything was what? Church? Meaningless. Meaningless. A chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. He tried everything. He tried pleasure. He tried work. He tried everything that money could buy. But he found it was meaningless. Meaningless. What did he find out? He says that fear God. It's the most important thing in life is to fear God and keep his commandments. And this is the whole duty of man. What is your foundation then as a church? What is your mantra to borrow from the Buddhists and the Hindus? What is that thing you keep repeating every day when you wake up in the morning? Are you like Steve Jobs who said, and this is a good mantra by the way, Steve Jobs said, don't be trapped by the dogma of other people. Don't try to be like others. Hmm? He says that, drown out. Don't let the noise of other opinions drown out your own inner voice. He says that, have the courage to follow your heart, which is good. But more than that, I would like to tell Steve Jobs, if he was alive, have the courage to listen to the Spirit of God. Have the courage to know who's your maker and why God created you. And so as much as I like Steve Jobs' mantra, I love the mantra of Apostle Paul. This man, this greatest missionary that ever lived, he writes, who was going to be a Pharisee, by the way, was, he learned under Gamaliel, he says, Indeed, I count all things as loss for the excellence of the knowledge of what? Of Christ Jesus, my Lord. He says, if you can take everything but give me Jesus, that's enough. Everything else is rubbish. The King James Version says dung, dung, dirt, useless, without Jesus. Apostle Paul says that I may die and Christ may live in me. This is the mantra of my life. Would we ask Jesus to give that to us today? Hmm? Church. Two characters, then I finish. I'm almost finished. Moses was a man that any of you today are not in danger of being like. Is there anyone here who is in danger of being selected the next prime minister of Singapore? No? No one is 
in danger of that or, or even privilege. This man for 40 years grew up in the palace. In fact, if you read Patriarchs and Prophets, it tells us that Moses had become so great in Egypt, the people forgot he was a Hebrew. In fact, Moses had gone to the gym and he's not skinny like me. If you saw Moses walking and if you've seen those movies with where Egyptians don't, have, don't wear shirts, Moses must have been muscular. Moses was so great that patriarchs and prophets says he was in line. And remember, Pharaoh had a son, but they chose Moses. He was in line to be the next Pharaoh. This man, if you read the book of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23 to 29, the Bible says, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Fleeting. For 40 years, he realized this is not what will satisfy me. For 40 years, he realized, no. This is not the best thing in life. I would rather suffer with God's children than live in the palace. This Moses chose to be with God's children because he knew he was looking forward to the reward in heaven. I like Moses' bucket list. Like Paul, he said, take it. Take away that position. And take away all these pleasures of Egypt, but give me Jesus. But it did not take a few years. It took him 80 years. I love what D.L. Moody, one of the greatest evangelists of our time, said. He said, D.L. Moody says that Moses spent 40 years thinking he was somebody, Right? 40 years in Midian, in the wilderness, learning he was nobody. And then 40 years realizing what God can do with a, huh? What God can do with a nobody. God wants us to empty ourselves of all self-centeredness. God wants us to stop or to change our bucket list, to start thinking about what is important to him. That's what Moses did. And then finally, when God calls him, he says, I don't know how to speak. God tells him, good, then I will speak through you. I only have a stick. Good, Moses, I will use that stick. And that stick performed Many miracles in Egypt, bringing seven plagues. Many miracles, parting the Red Sea. This stick, this rod in Moses' hands was mighty in the hands of Jesus. So what do you have? Bring it to Jesus. If it is your talents, if it is your family, your children, like Moses... 
Give it to Jesus. Jesus says that is enough. He who spoke the world into existence out of darkness can use what you have. The other example, as I see, I have about three minutes. I'll try to wind down. Pastor, I'll try to extend maybe five minutes. Can you give me five minutes? Mary Magdalene. This woman, I love Mary of Magdala. One writer, Haskins, summarizes, she says that she was a prostitute who was redeemed and became a model of repentance. This woman, her journey with Jesus is a good example for us today. Mary became a disciple. In fact, she became a financial supporter of Jesus. Do you know that? God can use the women in the church. Amen? God can use the children in the church. In fact, this woman, seven demons were cast out of her. And the more she spent time with Jesus, we read the text today, the more she realized this is the Hashem Melech. This is the Hashem Malak. Hashem Yimlok, Le'olam Va'ed. This is, the Lord is king. The Lord was king. The Lord will be king forever and ever. She realized she was in the presence of majesty. And when Jesus visits her home, listen, it's good that this story is there for us because Jesus would like to visit your home. Jesus wants us to be hospitable. Now, we read the text. I'm not going to spend too much time there because my time is running out. Bible says, but Martha was distracted. One day Satan and his legion of demons said, we cannot stop these seven-day Adventists. We cannot stop these God's children. What can we do to stop them? One angel, one demon told Satan, we can't stop them from going to church, but we can make them be distracted in the church. We can bring entertainment. We can use other distractions. And this was the problem. Martha was very hospitable. She's the one who prepared the meal. I thank God for all the Marthas. In fact, I see, my, I see, I see Martha in me. I think many of us can say, we love Martha because we love working for the Lord. Now, Martha, Jesus tells her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. But Mary, your sister, has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. What was the problem with Martha? You see, Martha was busy making sure the guests were comfortable. In fact, Martha did a good job, but her problem was that she forgot who she was with. She forgot that her gift of hospitality was given to her by Jesus. And so she comes to Jesus in her frustration and says, Lord, I thank God that John Mark, and, and I think, I'm not sure, I think it's Luke only. Dr. Luke is the only one who, who gives this passage in, in the Synoptic Gospels. He says that, that, you know, they saw it. Ma Mary is the only woman sitting with the disciples. They didn't used to do that. 
And Jesus commands her. Listen, Martha was trying to be what the society wanted her to be, to help out. Church, we have to be careful. Let's not try to be what the society wants us to be. Let us be what Jesus wants us to be. Amen? And so, how many of us come to Jesus with our bucket list? Martha said to Jesus, Lord, you tell her. Tell her to come and help me. How many of us come to Jesus and we tell him we have our bucket list, Lord, I want this and this and this and this and that. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Is that your prayer? Is that how you pray, church? You come to Jesus with a list. It is good to come to Jesus with a list, but let us learn to praise him. Let us learn to ask him, let your will be done. And so, there are many Marthas today. And Jesus loved Martha. That's what the Bible says. Don't think Jesus is angry with Martha. It's just that Martha had her priorities confused. The Bible says in John eleven five, Jesus loved Martha. So what can we learn from this story? That we should stop worrying about the things of this life. And we should sit at the feet of Jesus. And the more we sit at the feet of Jesus, the more we will learn to surrender like Mary did. Listen, look at her posture. She goes from sitting to what? To kneeling. The more time we spend with Jesus, the more we will see our unworthiness. The next time she's kneeling, she's washing the feet of this Savior. And Jesus said, what she has done will never be forgotten. And the next time we see her, what? I love this. From sitting with Jesus to kneeling in front of her maker to beholding the resurrected Savior. What a journey. What a journey. I would like to have the same journey like Mary had. This woman knew that by beholding, we become changed. I'll finish with this story. How many of you know Alfred Nobel? Alfred Nobel is famous for the Nobel Peace Prize, right? These are the awards that are given for the achievements in science, the achievements in the world. Now, this, this man was born in Sweden. He died in 1896. But this, here's the story. Alfred Nobel woke up one day and found in the newspaper they had put his obituary. He read about his death. Le Marchand, something in French, and the Marchand of death is dead. Imagine reading that about yourself. The Marchand of death is dead. In 1888, Ludwig Nobel, the brother of the Swedish entrepreneur Alfred Nobel, died. So that's his brother who died. And they thought Alfred Nobel had died. This great scientist who had accomplished so much, they thought he was there. So they put him in the newspaper, and they, in French it stated, Le Marchand de la Mort est mort. I'm not French, so I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. The Marchand of Death is dead. And when he read about that, Alfred Nobel, at 55 years old, he said, is this what the world will remember me? No, he said, I'm going to change it. And so he started promoting 
peace and other good things in life. You remember what he invented? Dynamite. Dynamite which resulted in World War I, World War II, and the nuclear weapons we have today. This man invented a terrible weapon. But what is he famous rem remembered for? The Nobel Peace Prize. He said, I don't want people to remember me as an evil person. Dear friend, as I finish, Jesus in, is inviting us to place our bucket list in his hands. We have a chance to change our bucket list. He is inviting us to surrender our modern day slavery things in his hands. He's inviting us to give him our phones, our money, our mindset, our addictions, our temptations, our sins. Jesus wants us to surrender it to him and the porter's hands will transform it. He says, we are the clay, but he is the porter. He says, I will take you and transform you. To 2019, my hope was in this motorbike. I loved it. I got married on this motorbike, but it got stolen before I went to Andrews University. I was planning to sell it. I was planning to make some savings off of it. And so when it got stolen, I told my wife, well, how are we going to survive in America? But God has been faithful. He's been providing for us. God wanted me to not depend on the motorbicycle, but on him. Amen? And how about you, church? Where is your hope? Where is your hope? God wants us to empty, empty the bucket list and so that he can fill us with the Holy Spirit. When he fills us, I would like us to say these three prayers. Ellen White says, with the reception of the gift of the Holy Spirit, all other gifts will be added. Let us pray every day, God, empty me and fill me up again with your spirit. The second thing I would like you to do as a church, I would like you to do a daily surrender. That means, like John the Baptist, he prayed, I must become less and Jesus must become great. I must decrease. I love the, this translation. New Living Translation says, I must become less and he must become greater. Less and less. Lastly, let us pray for passion to save souls. Unless we are emptied, unless we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we cannot make a difference to the community. So church, how many of you with me would like to say, Lord, as much as I would love to win the Nobel Prize, let that not be my goal. Let not my accomplishment, let not my resume, my resume of virtue be the goal. But let my goal be heaven. Amen? Amen. If that is your prayer, let me see your hands. Let's bow our heads as we pray. Father God, in Revelation you say, Behold, I come. My reward is with me. To give everyone according to what they have done. Oh Lord, we want that reward. As the church wants to change our bucket list, we want to focus on the things that are important to you and let go of the things that are important to us. May that be our prayer this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.
Shall we rise for the closing song?
That is our prayer, Father God. That is our, that's the desire of our heart. We'd rather have you, Jesus, than anything this world affords to gain. Father, we just want to have that relationship with you. We just want to change the bucket lists that we have. We want to have the things that are in you, the things that you see, the things that you desire, Lord, accomplish it in our hearts. That's our prayer this day. Jesus, we'd rather have you. Take us now and use us for your glory and transform us for your glory. This is our prayer. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forever. Amen. Amen.